in this episode. Crime thrillers, they're all about good and evil. And in history, when you're trying to explain to a classroom of 14-year-olds why Hitler did what he did, you really do have to delve into human nature. You know, there's loads of things published in the Lake District now, but it is, it's just such an intriguing setting. Just little things like the traffic jams behind sheep. So that was freeing, but terrifying, because I just didn't know whether what I was doing would work. And I'm sure many, many people listening to this podcast have experienced on some level PTSD. For anyone who's really struggling with it, try and write about it through one of your characters. You were talking about your ABC technique and how you plan your day. It lessens anxiety. I think anxiety is something that follows writers around because writing 100,000 words is this huge mountain to climb when you're staring at a blank page. It's about planning and I use it in everything. I use it with anything that I'm doing. And basically A is... Hello and welcome to the Bestseller Experiment, where we explore the inner game of writing and life and inspire you to start, finish, and publish your book. I'm Mark DeVoe, and in this episode, we have Mark Stay back on the podcast interviewing million seller Rachel Lynch. But before we dive in, I'd like to thank you all, all of our family of experiments and wonderful patrons, subscribers, and Bestseller Academy members. And this week, our patron of the week is the lovely Penny Lorimer. Thank you so much, Penny, for subscribing to the podcast. And if you'd like to be like Penny and get over 100 hours of extra bonus content that's only exclusively available to our patrons, you pop along to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support. So folks, let's dive into this week's interview. Mark Stay interviewed the lovely Rachel Lynch, who grew up in Cumbria. So if you're a bit of a fan of the Lake District, you'll certainly enjoy this one. Um, and she regularly hiked the fells from a young age. After studying history at the University of Lancaster, Rachel trained to become a teacher in London and only began writing full time in 2016. So all you teachers out there, take note. Canelo signed uh, her first three novels in the Kelly Porter series in 2018. And number 12 will be published this year. So to date, the series has sold over 1 million books. The Rich is Rachel's latest book and also her first standalone psychological thriller. And in this interview, Rachel shares, is Why Done It better than who done it the difference between complex and classic ptsd in your characters why provincial crime is absolutely exploding and how rachel slashed the time it took her to write her first draft from one year to just six weeks so let's dive in and listen to mark stay chatting with absolutely lovely rachel lynch rachel lynch welcome to the bestseller experiment how are you today I'm very well, thank you. A bit cold. Well, yes, understandable. That time of year, that time of year. But there's a there's a, a wonderful new book out called The Rich, which has an azure blue swimming pool on the cover. So if you want to feel warm, folks, this is the book for you. Um, tell us about The Rich, because surely, surely, Rachel, the wealthy have suffered enough. Why pick on them? <laughs> um, well, it's, it's lots of things. I mean, I... I I know all authors are different, but my my sort of process is that it starts with a grain of an idea. Um, 
and it was literally a conversation about PTSD that, that started it. Now, I've, t- I've talked about PTSD in, in my Kelly Porter, Porter series because one of the characters is a, um, a therapist. Um, but it, it, it was it, so it started from just sort of a thought, really. And the thing was, is that I wanted to set it in a privileged uh, sort of setting because that type of, uh, you, you know, the obsession with the mighty falling and, and the powerful and the rich getting away um, with things, um, I to me, sort of seemed a more natural uh, setting because the, the, the stats in the book are true, you know, um, the the fact is is that if if you are a PTSD sufferer, um, complex PTSD, then the, the unfortunately the the stats say that you are more likely to fall into those categories, um, and and that just seemed to me to be crying out for somebody who was in the opposite position, and not suffering um, from those uh, drawbacks to be able to exploit it and manipulate it. Um, and so that's where it came from. And then I, I live near Cambridge. So that seemed to me the perfect place to set it because it's a, a, a very exclusive postcode. Um, housing is extremely uh, expensive there. Uh, it's it's an old city, so it has that type of sort of um, ancient propriety about it as well. Um, it, it's quite a small city, so the fact that Alex's client list is quite small and exclusive fits in with that too. Um, and the fact that their lives cross over. Um, so so that's where it came from, really. Excellent. You mentioned PTSD in categories. What what just for the listeners, what are you what are you talking about there specifically? So classic PTSD is basically um it comes from a specific incident so we all hear it on the news you know it's it's mainly sort of discussed when when talking about um army veterans for example um and they have been in situations uh for example uh close quarter battles or or combat scenarios and because of the the nature of the experience um, they they suffer from flashbacks, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're usually isolated incidents, and the the attacks are usually related to an isolated incident. Right. Complex PTSD, which is more known about now because it's it's all over social media, but um, it's really a new a kind of new discussion point. And complex PTSD is more um, to do with people who have suffered traumatic events over a really long period of time right. um so that includes things like um displacement war uh and child abuse and um and and I I I chose that one I think because it's not really talked about mm. as much mm. excellent stuff um the book opens with a grisly murder and then we cut to Dr. Alex Moore, a mother having breakfast with her children. So you've got this, this grisly opening and something really relatable and grounding. Um, we, we love talking about openings on, on the podcast. Uh, 
can you talk about that that opening? Uh, very often we find that as authors we're rewriting openings again and again and again. Also, I noticed that you're switching between third person and first person, which is wonderful because we hear so many authors in the Academy going, am I allowed to do that? And it's great to see a best-selling author actually doing that. Um, so talk about that, that, that contrast and that opening and switching point of view. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to inject a bit of dark humour into all of my <laughs> work. And and I that was completely on purpose. I think there's got yeah. that juxtaposition between a horrific murder and then somebody just going about their business. It also gives you a nice little taster of, um, of what the book's about and what, as a reader, you can expect in the rest of the book. Um, and, and, you know, openings... Yeah, they've got a got to pack a punch in crime, um, haven't they? Mm. Uh, so you know, it, rather than the slow build up, which I, you can get away with a, a sort of more of a classic, the classic psychological thriller, but this was kind of on the cusp of both, and so I had to start with something grisly, and then Alex going about her business really, you know, was um, was about what's to come and how. How in control she is, but also how vulnerable she is as well, how normal she is. Mm. But then there's something there that's shakeable too. So straight away, my hope was is that, you know, the reader would think um there's something going out, something else going on here. And did that did that opening change much during the, the writing process or or was it kind of set in stone from the beginning? It was pretty much set in stone. Um I wanted the big event. Uh, you know, right from the very beginning, um, and then to go straight into normality, yeah. um, and then pick apart, um, you know, who may have done it. Because a lot of my past work has been a bit more why done it mm-hmm. rather than who done it. Right, right. And so this was the. I think this is the first one that I've actually done where you actually don't know until I think it's the second to last chapter, isn't it? Brilliant. Brilliant. Yes. Well, let's talk about that because this is a standalone, which comes after an incredible run of D.I. Porter best-selling thrillers. What are the pros and cons of making that change? You're writing something new and it's standalone, it's fresh and exciting, but also you're kind of building the world from the ground up. Was it difficult? How, how did it come about? Yeah, I found it really challenging. Um, I was, I'm so used to Kelly Porter um, and I feel sort of, you know, completely submerged in her world and writing another Kelly Porter. It sounds a bit cliche, but it is like, you know, going back to family, really, because, you know, she's in book six. She's she's this far, far through her backstory in book 12. She's now this far through her story. So it really sort of is a continuation. And, you know, I'm familiar with the process. I'm familiar with the rules. Um Police procedural is so different to psychological, uh, you know, thriller writing. Um, but I, I just wanted to to have a go, basically. Um, and and it, it was freeing. It was freeing and terrifying at the same time. Freeing <laughs> in the sense that, you know, I was doing something completely different, which was great. So I had to create all of these characters from nothing. There was no backstory to hold me back. So they weren't going out with that person and they didn't have that coloured cat um you know and they weren't in that familiar setting so that was freeing but terrifying because I just didn't know whether you know what I was doing would work um so yeah but I just tried to remind myself that this is you know just just try and have fun with it Um, and just go with instinct and and talking about 
uh, you know, first person, third person. Um, I, I usually write completely in third person. I'm in control. I'm the narrator. I'm the writer. And, and the reader knows what everybody is doing from my perspective. Um, so this was, you know, another new departure, having first person for Alex. Um, and of course, straight away, that tells the reader that Alex is important. Mm. Um, but why? Uh, and and it, it enabled me to be much more uh, wit- wittier, I think, with her because I could uh, make her dialogue instant because obviously yeah. she's saying it straight away. I didn't have all the fluff around it. So that was <laughs> nice. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm writing a thriller now uh, as well, which is, um, you know, the, the next one that I've got sort of due um, and I'm I'm doing a similar thing. So I've got third person, but then I've got one character in first person. Mm. And yeah, it's fun. And you know, the, I think I think that's a sign of the times. There used to be quite rigid rules about what you could do, and now there's a, a huge debate about well, are you allowed to do that? Mm. Um, and it's quite nice because actually you're allowed to do everything. Anything, you know? Do, do you have traditional third person or do you have close third person? Um, and I and I kind of think that if if it works, then it's allowed. Absolutely. No, I 100% agree, 100% agree. Now, coming back to, to D.I. Uh, Kelly Porter, like I say, 12 books now, I believe. W- what is it yeah. about uh, Kelly that has kept you and the readers coming back for more? What is it about a character that you find that you can come back to again and again? Yeah, it's um, it's been it's been amazing. Uh, you know, I remember when Dark Game was published back in January 2018, and uh, it was it was my sort of debut with a um, you know a, a proper publisher. Um, we they were small. We really didn't know you know what the, what the reception would be. And I think it's a combination of things. I think the Lake District is is intrig- and a really intriguing setting. Mm. And when I started, it wasn't really done much at all. Um, uh, you know, there were, there were a couple of self-published books out there about set in the Lake District. Now, provincial crime has absolutely exploded. (laughs) Um, And I feel as though, you know, I've got to run to keep up every time. Uh, You know, there's loads of things published in the Lake District now, but it is, it's just such an intriguing setting. Um, You know, just little things like, you know, the traffic jams behind sheep and mobile phones not working. Um, and the mountains and the lakes are really your city, you know, the, the potential to hide things and to get away with things, the transient mm-hmm. uh, working population in the hotels. It just yeah. cried out to me for, you know, for, for crime. And I get messages, you know, saying, oh, I'm not going to the Lake District now, you know, <laughs> with all that happening. Um, so uh, and, and so I think it's a combination of that, but also ab- the, the biggest comments and feedback I get back on social media is is about Kelly. Mm. You know, she's relatable. She's she's not she's not that sort of um, you know alcoholic chain smoking copper. Uh, you know, with a thousand problems, she's she's actually quite normal, and mm. you know, she's got fairly normal problems. Uh, and you know, she she struggles to fit in back in Cumbria because obviously she left. So there's intrigue there as well. She's got dysfunctional family which I think probably 90% of the population yes. relate to um you know she she's in her mid-30s so the you know she's not as uh positive and and uh, um what bomb proof as she was in her 20s so there's a vulnerability there as well um 
you know, so I think I think the combination of of those two things has just worked. And she's got such an amazing following. And and every time a new Kelly comes out, you know, all the others get a boost. And um and I get messages from all over the world from people, uh, you know, just telling me when's the next one due out and you know they 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 love her and her relationships and and I think it's important with Kelly to keep a real 50-50 balance between the crimes and her life somebody once said to me yeah all right okay I'm not really bothered about who dies this time but I want to know what Kelly's doing with a kitchen <laughs> you know this sort of thing and I, I, from my own reading you know I I really like to sort of get a sense of the characters and I think that it doesn't really matter what she's investigating you know as long as uh the story about Kelly is uh is authentic and uh, she just keeps keep you know maintaining this readership and, and it's amazing and and, I, and after 12 books I still love writing about, about that um and i and i can't see me stopping um until they stop selling <laughs> well um we're having a uh, kitchen installed in april so i'm deeply deeply invested in that as well so i'll be checking that out <laughs> and it is uh, it clearly is a passion for you because i'm looking at the the publication order here so in 2018 there were three books 2019 there were three books 2022 books uh you know it's um it's an amazing, uh, you know, pr- amazingly prolific. Uh, tell us about your your sort of working day, because I've heard it can be fairly chaotic as a writer. But uh, I, I I saw somewhere that you 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 said that I think this is post lockdown. Um, you, you were talking about your ABC technique and how how you plan your day. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I think I learned that when I was a teacher. Um, so I started out life as a history teacher um, in London and um, and I think I was on a course um, and basically it's about planning and I've used it ever since and I use it in everything. I use it with the kids, I use it with chores, I use it with anything that I'm doing and basically A is what needs doing now, like right now in the next hour or even today. B is what needs doing this week. And C is what needs doing like this month. Right. And um, and I've just got so used to it now. It really works for me. And I think it lessens anxiety. I think anxiety is something that follows writers around because writing 100,000 words is this huge mountain to climb when yeah. you're staring at a blank page and you tap in chapter six and you know you've got you know 54 more to go and so this sort of arrangement I think calms me down and keeps me grounded mm-hmm. um and it's true if it's a b or a c you really shouldn't be worrying about it today I mean obviously the b's and c's are going to turn into a's at some point and you've got to admit that to yourself and be honest you can't keep them b's and c's forever but really just focusing on what needs doing now and just believing that you'll get there. Mm. Um, because I think it took, I mean, you mentioned the dependence earlier. It took me a year to write that. Now, for the first draft, it generally takes me about six weeks. Wow. And that doesn't that doesn't mean that, you know, it's in the bag, uh, mm. anything but. Um, what it means is, is that at least it's on the on the page. And when I when I hooked up with my agent. 
I was lucky enough to to meet Peter Buckman from the Ambassand Agency in 2017. He said to me, nothing is ever wasted. And it's so true. Mm, So my writing process is very much about just get the story down right from in here. His motto is instinct over intellect. And me being a teacher, I was very much, when I met him, I was a very much a cerebral writer, you know, making notes and making sure everything was perfect. And and he changed that in me. Put your notes away. Just write. So Dark Game was written in four weeks just from, you know, splurging on onto the page because everything can be sorted in edit. Yeah. And the edit is where my teacher head comes out and I'm just red penning. So <laughs> I really enjoy that. I know some writers hate editorial. I really enjoy it because I'm I'm red penning. I'm doing my teacher bit, which is great. It's a different <laughs> part of my brain. I'm like, yeah, I can do this you know, until the cows come home. It's the creative, it's the creative part that, that I find really tiring, really exhausting. Um but that ABC, it it really works for me. Um and I've tried, you know, I've tried to get my husband uh to do it and uh it's it's just a really clever because these things are all psychological tricks aren't they mm. yeah, yeah, yeah they're about calming you down and mm. and getting rid of the angst and the worry over that huge to-do list that you've got so i just when i start now i just you know i've got to just say to myself um it you will do it you will get to the end but for today just see if you can write two chapters and that's my a brilliant fantastic i did see a quote as well you said if i thought about completing the novel every time i opened my computer i'd never finish the mountain is too high i approach it like my character kelly porterwood climbing a peak in the lake district one summit at a time so that's fed through <laughs> to kelly as well it's fed, that's part of her character too is it yeah this i mean there's lots of me and kelly i mean i, th- I don't think you ca- i don't think writers can ever um get away from their own backstory because it's there isn't it so you know when peter said to me nothing is ever wasted this is this is why you know i write about personal training i write about this there's lots of teachers in in my work there's lots of adolescents in my work i've got an 18 year old and a 17 year old you know so things like bullying um eating disorder self-harm um you know not to trigger warning, not to sort of trigger any of your listeners, but those are the types of things that you know I've 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 lived through, and and I and and they mean things to me. So you know, they're I, I think I think you do you know write uh, from your own experience, and that doesn't mean to say that it's true. So I have questions all the time, like you know, oh, who's Johnny based on? Is that your husband? <laughs> it's not that level at all. It's not that it's not that they're real in my life. It's just that you know that's where my inspiration comes from. And I think you know, I love running. Um, I've I've climbed loads of Wainwrights in the Lake District. I adore the Lake District. I grew up there, and so. Uh, having Kelly run up place fell with Johnny, um, even though I hate her because she does it in 35 minutes and I could never do that. <laughs> um, you know, is I'm there, I'm, I'm on that track and I know where the streams are to fill your water bottle up. And, you know, so that is, that's the best job in the world, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, mean, saw, I saw, and you're not too shabby though, Rachel. I saw that you ran a 45 mile race in the Lake District. 
um, the Keswick to Barrow, and you were fifth. Uh, so that's not – I'd have collapsed after five miles, so you've done pretty well yeah. there, have you? <laughs> that was a long time ago. I, yeah, I was. I used to love long-distance running back in the day. I'm, I'm a big believer now that, um, you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s now, and I think my knees – uh definitely deserve a break and yes. i think uh, you know i prefer walking and going yep. to the gym now <laughs> kelly's not quite there yet she's still got you know life in her which is fun for me because i can sort of you know relive all those days yes. through her. It's vicarious isn't it brilliant brilliant <laughs> yeah uh fantastic. and going back as well you you mentioned the the kids as well uh the again listeners if you look at the opening of the rich that breakfast scene with the kids there all very relatable to, to, to kids we, we 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 might know. It's fantastic. Can we go back to the dependence as well? Because as I understand it, I just want to go back to where it all started. Because from what I've read, you've always written, uh, but you wrote your first novel, The Dependence, in Buenos Aires. Can you tell us about <laughs> yes. that? So my husband was in the army for sixteen years, and um, <clears throat> excuse me. So. He'd he'd been deployed to Afghanistan um, 2009, 2010, and I was left at home with two babies, as is the story of thousands of of, uh, army spouses out there. Um, And when he came back, um, we decided that we needed some fun. And so uh, my husband studied uh, Spanish and business uh, at university, and he'd never used his languages um, and so he applied to uh, for the job of defence attaché um, in uh, Buenos Aires. It's actually a foreign office post. So we were, you know, attached to the foreign office, uh, whereas, you know, Mike is actually military um, and he could use his Spanish. And it was funny because um, he was actually um, on an exercise and the call came through to me from his desk officer and he said does he want it because he needs to decide today and I said yes he wants it <laughs> how did that go down <laughs> well he didn't have a choice to do um, he ended up living in Buenos Aires for two years and uh the way the foreign office works is that I was not allowed to work because of security reasons um and uh, the children were at school by then so I had all this time on my hands the first time you know, since having children um and I sat down to do what I'd always wanted to do and actually complete a novel um and the dependence was the product and 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 it's it is about um three wives and how they each cope with their husbands um being away on a deployment in Afghanistan so it was very cathartic you know it was very much coming from what I'd been through but all three of the very very different women um different ages different ranks um, although all three are officers' wives, like I was, um, and so yeah, it was it was kind of um, I suppose it was a, a personal journey, really. Yeah, um, an experiment. You know, could I write a whole novel for a start? Uh, because when you're just starting out, you know, a hundred thousand words is crazy. Yeah, um, and would it be any good? Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, it, it sold, you know, I don't know, about 500 copies, something like that. It, it was it was published by a commercial publisher, you know, so it wasn't it wasn't taken on. You know, traditionally, I didn't have a traditional deal at that point and I didn't have an agent and I had a lot to learn. Um, but you did it. it 
I did it and I enjoyed it and it it taught me a lot and the military community was really well received by the military community and that meant the world to me and then after that I vowed to not do anything else until I got an agent right okay I was gonna ask what were the biggest lessons learned from that first novel because we we often learn and it's such a steep learning curve isn't it so one was to get an agent and also it sounds very different from the thrillers that you ended up you know, writing as, as bestsellers. So was was that a, a, a you know a conscious decision to shift away from that? Well, I I st- I wrote a lot of stories in that period, um, and I think I struggled with genre. So I think I learned a lot about why genre is important and how. Okay, yes, there are authors out there who can cross genres and and pull it off, but for the main part, you really need to choose one. Um, and the dependence, the military genre doesn't really sell massively. Um, was it a thriller? No, not really. It was more sort of a personal kind of epic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my favourite genre to read is uh, crime thrillers, mm-hmm. uh, whether they be uh, legal thrillers or um, psychological thrillers or horror. I like horror as well. Um, and police procedurals. So I thought, and I was in awe of these people, you know, um, uh, the, the people that I read. And I thought, well, I'll just give it a go. And so that's when I, I created Kelly. And funnily enough, that's when I, I got the, you know, the interest of an agent. And that email popping through was as a, uh, as a result of an agent reading Dark Games. So, um, you know, clearly I'd found something that um, you know, I was comfortable with. And I think, I suspect that my history teaching really had a hand in this because I'm a big believer that that crime and thrillers, they're all about good and evil. Mm-hmm. And in in history, when you're when you're trying to trying to explain to a classroom of 14-year-olds why Hitler did what he did, it's you really do have to delve into that human nature aspect of it. And there's good in all of us and there's bad in all of us. And some people it tips over the edge and they're mostly bad. And some people it goes the other way and they're mostly good. And why? Because brothers and sisters are different. Friends Mm. are different. People with the same upbringing are different. So that kind of, I th- and I think that's what attracts crime readers to crime as well is yeah. is that fascination with why some people do what they do. Um, and of course, I had to have a hero, and she had to be a woman. So that's that's when you know I started with Kelly. Brilliant, fantastic. What's coming next, Rachel? Because uh, we've got the rich, but we've also got shared remains. I believe is the next uh, Di Kelly Porter. And then I saw recently. Um, Storm have a new psychological thriller coming from you. So, is there anything you can tell us about that yet? Was it all, all a bit top secret? Well, it's it's all sort of um, embryonic at the minute, um, but I can tell you that it's a uh, it's it's a, a family. Um, so it's a, a kind of sort of family drama, um, and ostensibly it is about uh, three siblings who are called home um to where they grow up uh for the reading of their father's will who has passed away um and and i think it is going to be more like the rich um right. than right. A, a kelly so it's more a psychological a privileged thriller as as they right. call them 
<laughs> rather than a procedural. Um, just because I love the re- writing the rich so much. So they are privileged. Um, and obviously they all get up to no good. <laughs> um, but that's that's really exciting. I'm so excited to be taken up by Storm. I'm absolutely thrilled to be working with um, Catherine Tuseg, who is brilliant. She's going to be my editor. Um, so that's in the bag. And, um, and, and Shared Remains, Kelly 12, will be out in May. I'm going to carry on with Kelly. Great. Um, and then I'm also, uh, I've also got a, another psychological thriller with Canelo, who published The Rich, which is going to be out in um, spring or summer 2025. So I'm working on that as well. It's not a sequel to The Rich, although a lot of readers have said that they want one. Right. Uh, That's good. <laughs> which is always possible. Um, but it is a, um, a different uh, set of characters. Um, so, yeah, re- just really exciting times. And I'm right. I, I'm, re- I'm incredibly busy. I mean, you mentioned, you know, the, the amount of uh, books that I write a year earlier. I just got into that habit because when I was first signed with Canelo, they were digital first. So, you know, digital consumers are a lot more demanding yes. uh, time-wise than, you know, traditional published books in bookshops. Of course, I'm in bookshops, but you know, digital is where I started. And, you know, if you, if, if, I mean, there's a year between Kelly's now, but you Mm. can't really leave it too long, you know, and understandably these readers want to know what's going on. So I just got into that habit and now three sort of two, three books a year is, is where I'm comfortable. Wow. Well, so obviously this year (laughs) is going to be for different publishers. So, you know, that's going to be interesting. And I've got loads more stories in my head. I went to the Lake District for Christmas and uh, and it always inspires me. You know, Brilliant. when I go to, I, I might find somewhere that I've never been before or I might be on a walk where I see an interesting character. So um, that always inspires me. I'd like to set something else in the Lake District as well, maybe a new series. I don't know. But uh, yeah, there's lots going on. Fantastic. It really is. And there are millions of grateful readers out there, Rachel. So thanks thanks so much for sparing the time to speak to us. I, I know how busy you are. And uh, folks, The Rich is out there, as as well as the amazing D.I. Kelly Porter stories. And we didn't even talk about the, the Helen Scott military police books as well. You got those too. So folks, yeah. check out Rachel Lynch online. And uh, until next time, Rachel, uh, speak to you soon. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. What are your writing dreams? Finishing that book? Quitting the day job? Becoming a best-selling author? Since 2016, we've interviewed and studied the advice of over 500 best-selling authors who've collectively sold over 1 billion books. And in the Bestseller Academy, we've incorporated powerful and proven strategies for success, inspiring fiction and non-fiction authors just like you to reach new heights and write their best book ever. Ready to take your writing to the next level with accountability, craft, coaching, and the most inspiring and exclusive community of like-minded writers? Well, your bestseller dreams are just a click away. Join us today at bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. That's bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. What an absolutely fantastic interview. And it was so fascinating listening to the differences between the PTSD 
uh, types of classic and complex is something I didn't really fully understand before. But it kind of amazes me how authors go into incredible detail and, you know, either through their own personal experiences or through their interest in it, they dive in and they learn so much more about a particular subject. And uh, I'm sure many, many people listening to this podcast have experienced on some level PTSD. It's something that's become incredibly prevalent in terms of our understanding around it. And, uh, you know, if you have experienced that, then uh, obviously it's an incredibly challenging thing that you maybe have had to gone through in your life. And I know for some people it can be a real lifelong uh, journey that they they deal with PTSD. And I think um, for anyone who's who's really struggling with it, it might really be a good idea to try and write about it through one of your characters. Um, maybe you'll be able to kind of write out some of the experiences that you have through PTSD. And for people that have never experienced it, I think diving in and, and researching more about it can actually give you more of an understanding. And, you know, writing a character around that is one of those things that it's important to to interview and, and ask people about who who have been through that. Or if you struggle with it yourself, um, you know, I send you all my love. And it's one of those things that goes untalked about. A lot of people who deal with it, you know, don't really share what they're going through. Uh, maybe they don't fully understand it. Maybe they've never reached out and got help or therapy. So thank you to Rachel for really kind of opening our eyes to that. And actually, you know, on that note, if you've ever written a character in a book, or maybe you've written a memoir about your own experience of PTSD, let me know how the experience of writing helped you, maybe what you learned through it, or maybe how it helped you heal a bit by expressing things on paper. Because I really do believe that writing has this incredibly powerful healing touch, which we can't really put into, so put into words, I guess we kind of do put it into words, but do you know what I mean by that? It's like the idea that we can't really measure a change or measure a difference with all these um, experiences that we have. But we do know that when we sit down to write and we work through things through our words, it can really uh, help shift things inside us and make us feel better. So please do share with me any stories you have around this, or if you know of someone who went through that process themselves, pop along to bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash contact and drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you. So folks, I'd also like to say a big thank you to our team behind this podcast. As you may or may not know, uh, it takes a lot of work to put these podcasts together each week. We have an amazing team, editors, audio magicians, and all kinds of great stuff that goes on social media. So thank you so much, Dave, to JD, our absolute star of the show, and Lisa as well. So thank you guys for all of your help in helping us put this together and bringing you this podcast each week. So big thank you to all of our team on the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's music on the show, check out Urban Myth Club. That's my music project on Spotify. You can also check out a video of today's episode on YouTube at Bestseller Experiment. And folks, we're on socials as well. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook at Bestseller Experiment on X at Bestseller XP, Instagram threads and Pinterest are also Bestseller XP. And if you'd like to get a copy of our weekly newsletter that comes out, please pop along to bestsellerexperiment.com and click on the newsletter tab. And you can also get hold of me if you wanted to say hi and tell me about what's going on in your life. Just pop along to the contact button on that website. And finally, folks, if you want to write and write and write 
habit of a lifetime. We've created something called the 200 Word Challenge. There are thousands of people doing this now. So pop along and see if you can get our first challenge one, which is a writing 200 words a day for five days consecutively. It's much, much harder than you think. And to everyone out there who's in the middle of a novel, push through that muddy middle. For everyone thinking of starting a novel, just write those first words down. And if you're going to be finishing your novel this week, I want to send you massive congratulations, whether it's your first or your 10th draft. It's absolutely massive accomplishment. So keep on pushing to that finish line of the end, folks. And talking of the end, it's the end of this week's podcast. And I'd like to say goodbye from Mark DeVoe, aka Bookmark. Goodbye. Goodbye.